Mexico to cut through a series of north-south ridges and intervening valleys. The turnoff to Paiute Hot Springs was around the next bend in the road. Darrell knew it well, because he'd spent the first summer after the divorce punching cattle and setting shoes for a rancher at the head of Paiute Valley. Four miles up the narrow, poorly graded Paiute Valley Road, he turned onto a vague, winding track that led down the slopes of a bluff. A quarter mile later, a lake spread before him like a giant pond of molten silver in the fading light of early evening. A few hundred yards more and he saw the primitive campground. An outhouse, picnic table, great for a campfire, and a change room the Bureau of Land Management had provided for the infrequent visitors to the nearby hot springs. But what was this? A half dozen people had taken over the campground and an SUV and Airstream trailer were parked a hundred yards to the north. Those at the campground sat around a fire, their hunched bodies bundled against the cold. Rockhounds, Darrell guessed. He could tell by the six ATVs parked on the edge of camp, crates of rocks on the cargo racks. Three flatbed trailers that had hauled the ATVs to the campsite had been back to the far end of the parking area and were being used for sorting rocks. The camper's gray hair and the jumpsuits that had become a uniform of sort with male retirees suggested the three couples had plenty of time to hunt for rocks. Damn rockhounds, Darrell complained over the noise of the car heater. What are they doing out in the middle of winter? Should have gone snowbirding by now. On second thought, maybe they'd stopped here on their way south. The license plates on three four-by-four pickups with oversized campers showed they were from Oregon. One of the men took his attention from the fire and waved, the kind of hesitant wave that said, Hope you're not staying. The hell with you, Darrell said half aloud. I'll keep somewhere else. Hopefully they'd pull out in the morning and he'd have the hot springs to himself. Grumbling between sips of Jim Beam, Darrell retraced his route along the lakeshore until it met a rough jeep trail that branched off the Springs Road and headed south. He'd traveled the road on another occasion, when he'd bathed at the Springs and wanted a camping spot sheltered from a storm. He'd found one three miles down the road, where the hills closed in and cottonwoods deflected the wind. There was no wind tonight, but it would be a good place to spread his bedroll. By the time he arrived at the cottonwoods, Dusk had crept over the valley, yet it was plain to see that things had changed. Rather than finding the small clearing beneath the cottonwoods, he discovered the Bureau of Land Management had removed sagebrush and juniper from a two-acre parcel of land, had installed a windmill, a water tank, and trough for cattle, and were in the process of making a guzzler for quail and sage hens. It took but a few seconds for the headlights to reveal something else. Something was terribly wrong. The men working the site had left a caterpillar tractor, backhoe, and dump truck rather than haul at 50 miles to the BLM office in Cedarville, the nearest town. That made sense. What didn't make sense were the smashed windows and bullet holes in the equipment. Darrell grimaced. Ugh, likely some no-crown hunters did it. You know, the rest of us a bad name. <laughs> There was no way to tell when it had happened. If the BLM knew about the damage, it wouldn't leave the equipment for long. It didn't like Rex littering public land. 
At any rate, Darrell wasn't going to let the problem stop him from camping. He was in no condition to drive on to Cedarville. To avoid shattered glass, he parked the truck at the rear of the water tank, shrugged on his sheepskin coat, and shambled around looking for a place free of rocks to spread his bedroll. He was shining his flashlight across the ground when the beam settled on an object that made him freeze in his tracks. A man lay face down on the ground. Was he drunk? Darrell kicked the man's rigid leg with the toe of his boot. No response. Hey, you all right? No answer. Darrell's more cowardly self wanted to turn tail and run, but his curiosity held him on the spot. He ran the flashlight beam over the body, about five foot ten, black hair cut short, brown uniform, a shoulder patch with the insignia of a BLM law enforcement.